When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, let me get you off to the right start on your online dating journey. And it is going to be a journey. Boy, do I promise you that. But do you want that journey to be a little less painful? Well, go to kristencarney.com slash dating help and I can help make that possible. I can help power up your dating profile. I can help fine tune your banter skills, which will take you to the next level and get you the girl that you want. So go to kristencarney.com slash dating help. That's kristencarney.com slash dating help. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we dive into a topic that is very important to many men who are listening to this show, maybe not you, but probably somebody else, but we're talking about PE. It is a huge issue for a lot of men. So we're going to dive into why people have PE, what causes PE, myths about PE, how to solve PE. And we're also going to talk about conversations, how to talk to women, being honest, expressing yourself, and just being you. We cover a lot on this episode and it's really freaking amazing. So keep listening. Hey guys, welcome to the Ask Women podcast. I'm Kristen Carney, one of your hosts, of course, with Marnie Kinris, best-selling author of Get Inside Her. I've been saying that for a long time now. It's Well, like it's a, true. <laughs> true. Yeah, it's very true. I thought you said you were going to do intros anymore. Well, I wanted to talk to you about not doing intros, but we didn't talk about it. So it would be weird to just be like, no intro. Hi, well, I how's thought it going? We two times ago. So I thought it was just done. But I, I still like when you do the intros. But anyway, oh, we introduce our fantastic guest for today. So we have Jeff Abraham from Absorption Pharmaceuticals, who has I've actually met on the Adam Carolla show. And Jeff, you've been on tons of shows, right? You've been on Sex with Emily, Carolla bunch of terrestrial radio talking about premature ejaculation. Yes. And right? just, I just want to say one thing. This is not like a sponsor who's sponsoring our show, even though we typically don't have like companies come on. So we, there's no sponsorship here. Um, I was introduced to Jeff. Actually, Marnie, there is. Jeff sent me a really big check. So <laughs> sorry. Well, sorry, the show Marnie. is over now. <laughs> but, um, I just want to let you know that like, I just find Jeff really interesting and I, I like what he's doing and I've actually used some of his own product for myself. So what? yeah. Anyway, that's like a whole other story that I, I might get into on this show if I feel, you know, open enough. Maybe I'll have a few shots before I reveal that information. <laughs> yeah. So Jeff, thank you so much for for being on our show. Always a pleasure. I love shows that are open and frank and address people's concerns and anxiety about sex. That's us. Yes. Especially Kristen. She has high anxiety about sex. So it's And my middle name is Frank. So. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but so Jeff, can you can you you were saying a whole bunch of stuff before the show started. I kept saying, shut up, don't do this. You're going to, you know, blow your load before you get onto the air. But can you, can you 
tell me sort of what you were talking about before the show started with uh, premature ejaculation being misdiagnosed um, and how it's actually an extremely I want to hear I want to hear your spiel about this because you know way more than I do. It's really complex and it, I'll tell you that from two different aspects. Number one, there's a lot of old wives tales about it, you know, and people think, oh, it's strictly in your mind. You know, you just can't control your mind. You can't focus. Let's get one thing perfectly clear right now and remove the stigma that, oh, it's your weak mentally and you can't control it because it's a mental thing. There are some very significant physiological causes that cause a man to rapidly or prematurely ejaculate, not limited to, but including low testosterone, hypertensitivity, the penile nerves, uh, prostatitis. So there's many issues that cause a rapid ejaculation. So there, for a lot of years, people, and there was this, this old wives tale out there that it was because you were weak mentally and you didn't you know, want to control yourself. So let's just get that out of the way first and foremost. There are physiological causes to a large degree that, you know, that are things that cause premature ejaculation. Number two, it's misdiagnosed, and so are some of the other uh, sexual uh, dysfunctions. There is, from dealing with urologists all day, every day, there's probably 10 to 15% of ED that is actually misdiagnosed PE. Because if a man has chronic PE, chronic meaning it's continual over a period of a year, he will develop anxiety-related ED, meaning that if a man knows that getting an erection leads to an unsatisfactory conclusion because he basically you know, can't last more than 30 seconds and satisfy right. his partner, he will eventually develop anxiety-related ED, erectile dysfunction, because of the, you know, the guilt or anxiety over you know, his not being able to please his partner. So even that giant market that is ED has 10% to 15% of that is actually more, you know, uh, based in premature ejaculation. Okay, interesting. Probably 40% of men literally have what would be diagnosed as recreational PE. There's a clinical definition, which is so outdated. It's a man never lasts more than 60 seconds at any point in any type of sexual activity. So you're telling me that under that definition, the man that lasts two minutes doesn't have PE? That's ridiculous. So there's a push now in the medical community to make it more subjective, meaning that if you don't last long enough to satisfy your partner or there is a arousal gap, as a lot of people refer to it, then you might need some aid or something to help you close that you know, arousal or orgasm gap. The average, we're not talking about PE here, we're talking about an average healthy couple, an average woman that is perfectly healthy, generally takes 18 to 20 minutes of thrusting or penetration to achieve climax. The average healthy male lasts about five minutes and 22 seconds of during intercourse. So even in healthy couples, there's this disparity, and that's right. referred to the arousal or orgasm gap. That's why there are 7 trillion vibrators in the world. That's why guys stop, start, switch positions, think about baseball scores. That's why there's so many different mechanisms. A guy will go, well, I'm the master of cunnilingus and foreplay. All that is done specifically to decrease that gap so that there's a chance for mutual satisfactory intimacy. And that's very important because one of the things that I've stressed since I took over this company, this isn't really about men. This is about couples. Because if you think about it, PE affects a woman even more pronounced than it does a man. If a man prematurely ejaculates, He's still ejaculating. He's still getting there. 
the woman is literally there like, excuse me, what about me? I'm over here, you know, that kind of thing. So we need women to be a little more vocal, but you don't want to like confront your man, but you might want to say, hey, listen, you know, this, our sex life is already good. It's great, but we can take it even to the next level. Let's, you know, explore some different options to maybe enhance, you know, your ability to last a little bit longer. Because I do a lot of podcasts, like you say, and terrestrial radio, serious radio. And a lot of times I'll open up the phone lines and it's crazy. 50% of the callers are women. And every single woman has the exact same question. Which is How what? How do I open this up to my partner without hurting his feelings, without making him even more self-conscious, you know? So, this, you know, I tell people before I took this job, I took over this company because I used to own a semiconductor engineering firm. Don't ask me how I made the transition. Right. To but I used to think, you know, the most precious substance on earth was a Fabergé egg or, you know, some giant crystal. It's the male ego. That's the most fragile thing <laughs> on earth. Guys, I don't know what the stigma is, but there's not a guy in the world that's comfortable saying, hey, I may need a little help sexually. But it's weird because a guy will have no issue taking insulin if he's a diabetic. He'll have no issue taking chemo if he's got you know, cancer. Guys have no issue going, hey, I'm not the best bench presser in the world. I'm not the best runner in the world. I don't jump the highest. Well, because in sex the world. is something that you're, na- I'm putting air quotes, you're naturally yeah. supposed to be able to do. Same thing with what I do for a living. I help people learn uh, how to at- attract women. Um, so they have a stigma around that as well, thinking, oh, I'm supposed to do this. This is like built into my DNA that I'm supposed to do this naturally. I shouldn't need help. And it's very hard for people to ask for help in that area. That's why I think people who come to me and come to you and come to Kristen uh, are amazingly strong, strong men. So let me ask you a question, Jeff. So a lot yes. of the guys who listen to our show are single um, mm-hmm. and they, they don't have a partner who is caring about them in the very beginning, right? Or not 100% there yet in terms of the relationship. And they may be getting into their first or second sexual experience with a new partner. In situations like this, how how do you explain PE? Like, how does a man bring this up without sort of scaring the woman away or looking like less than a man? I'm trying to think of some insecurities that might pop up for them. How how can he still come out as being attractive um, when he has this going on? I would say if it was me, I would phrase it along the lines. I would, just like I said, say this is something that's fairly common. My desire is to give you the most pleasurable experience possible. I want to make sure that, you know, you orgasm at least a couple times each time when we're together. So I obviously orally. I think that's the key line. That is a huge line. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A couple times. Yes, exactly. And, and say, I want to be focused on your pleasure and not be selfish. Therefore, I think it's very important for you know, us to be completely open with one another. Cause you know, we have a lot of people, I want to make sure my partner doesn't know I'm using this. I, you know, to me, if you're close enough to be someone to be intimate with them, be open, be, you know what I mean? And it's all in packaging and how you phrase it. If you don't say, Hey, you're helping me overcome an inadequacy and saying, I'm trying to ensure you have the best experience. I think that comes across better to your partner. Well, so at any point, are you mentioning, are these guys mentioning that they do have something going on for themselves? It doesn't sound like it. It's basically just saying like, I want to pleasure you, sit back and relax. And then- I think I would phrase it like that a lot of men deal with this and it's it's common. It's very common. And I want to give you, because I don't know if there's a woman I've ever talked to 
that won't say, oh, I had one partner that really suffered with that. It's crazy. I've had women actually say to me, man, if my first husband would have had this product, we'd still be together because he was great in every other area, but he lasted 27 seconds, you know? It's, women are very acutely aware of this. So I've never, and I've been doing this for nine years. I've had this company for nine years. I've never talked to a woman. They went, really? I didn't know that was an issue. Guys will go, oh, I didn't know it was an issue. I've never heard of it. And you're like, really? And but then their wives will go, oh my God, this is a huge issue. I'll tell you something you'll laugh when I tell you. This is a true story. So a couple months ago, I'm at this barbecue in where I live, in this community where I live. And this couple comes up to me. They go, oh, you're the guy that lives at 82. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That beautiful home. Yeah, whatever. And the guy goes, what do you do for a living? He goes, you must do really well. I go, well, I'm, you know, fairly well. And, and he goes, what do you do? I go, I'm the CEO of a pharmaceutical company. It's really, what's the name of the company? I go, Absorption Pharmaceutical. He goes, I never heard of it. I go, we're small. And he goes, what's the name of your product? I go, we only have one. It's called Promessin. He goes, really? You never heard of it. What, is, what does it do? And I go, it's an FDA compliant treatment that treats premature ejaculation. Okay, pin drop, dead silence right. for 15 seconds. Okay, awkward. And then he was he like, oh my God, it just came. Chest <laughs> We don't have a problem with that in this relationship. I'm like, okay, no issue, no problem. So it's a really nice one of these barbecues, you know, and it's like they have a band playing and everything. So the guy goes over, he's getting something. The wife comes up to me. She goes, do you have any samples of that? We could get some of that. Yeah, exactly. No idea how many times that that happens. I believe it happens to you all the time. So, but that, so I'm not sure you're really, you're talking about it, but it's not really being highlighted that, that, the lack of conversation about this can lead yeah. to people separating or, you know, having lack of sexual barbecues. Dis- right, right. Having more barbecues <laughs> and distractions so that they don't have sex. <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I like what you're saying about it. It's true. When, if you are sleeping with somebody and you're going to be inside of them <laughs> or, and they're going to let you inside of them, you should be able to share personal things about <laughs> yourself. And it doesn't have to be like the whole shebang right off the bat, but there's things that you, you should be talking about with your partner. Which There's a reason they call it intimacy. It's yeah. not physical intimacy. Now, there are times that you're just going to go for the lust, you know what I mean, and everything else. But at least give that person a heads up and an opportunity, you know what I mean, to know what you're doing. I wouldn't want a female using products that might in some way, shape, or form come into contact with me without telling me. You know what I mean? I just don't right. think Oh, that's, that's interesting. Cool. Okay, because yeah. it's, it's a spray, right? It's a spray. It doesn't transfer to the female partner, which is great. That's See, we have a very unique patented formula. It's well, unique. that was my whole thing. When you guys had first contacted me, I think it was because you had stopped working with Emily or something. And then you were talking to me about working with, yeah. and I had all these questions because I was, and I, I, I was very nervous about long-term effects for women, like yeah. infertility. Like it, it was kind of a scary thing for me. Um, and yes, we're, we're not working together, as I said, in the very beginning, but that like, that's how we started our conversation. Um, and I was concerned about that. And I would think that many women would be concerned too Absolutely. Um, about other things that are helping yeah. these men. Exactly. You know, what you do on your body might affect the other partner. One of the things that makes us unique, because there had been a whole line, I call them the cane family of products, benzocaine, lidocaine, prilocaine. And what they do is they sit on the surface and they do numb you. So they allow you to perform for a longer period of time, but they transfer to your partner. They numb her. It's like, everyone's like, I don't know if we're actually enjoying ourselves. We're certainly doing something physical because everybody's moving. Right, but we're lasting long. (laughs) So we're all lasting, but we might as well go take aerobics or do jumping jacks because there's no pleasure here, but everybody's kind of moving. So 
This was developed by a Hogue Hospital urologist who was frustrated because people came to see him for ED. He had Viagra, Cialis, Levitra. They came to see him for incontinence. He had a number of, you know, options. They came to see him for prostate issues. He had a number of, you know, different products. They came to see him for PE. And believe it or not, prior to this, there were only two things that people did. They used SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, commonly known as depression drugs. And they actually work. They delayed the onset of ejaculation. The only problem is they cause dry mouth, nausea, vomiting, loss of libido. Right. You're going, excuse me, I'd rather have PE, okay? I'd rather right, exactly. Learn, yeah, I'd rather learn to use my vibrator really well and, and you know, pleasure my partner orally than have those side effects. So right. that was something off-label they were using. And then they say, well, if you want to, there's Emlocrine, there's Stud 100. These were things that were total numbing agents. They would allow you to last longer, but in some cases you couldn't even finish. And oh your yeah, partner- I used I used Emla um, when I used to get laser treatment for hair yeah, removal. That, like, exactly. oh, well, yeah, totally really like product off label for tattoo removal, getting tattoos for exactly that reason because you know it. We have a eutectic formula because of that. It changes the crystalline structure of lidocaine from a solid to its oil aqueous, so it penetrates the outer layer of the skin and it gets into the fatty tissue underneath. So what it does is it goes in and allows you to maintain a higher degree of surface sensitivity, but still gives you that control, and it doesn't transfer to your female partner. So you have a much more pleasurable experience. So it was developed by urologists, and we grew out of the urological community. We really had early on, 90% of our business was urological-based, where people come see a urologist, and we're in the protocol of 2,200 urologists. There's 2,200 urologists in North America. If someone goes in to see them, Right in the protocol, which is in the in the notes in the in the in the computer database of that physician, where it says PE, we recommend promethazine. I think that's fantastic, and so I, I think that's wonderful for for anybody who is listening. There is um, this solution for uh, pro, sorry, say it again, promescent. Promescent, yes. I just want to say, yeah, promescent. There's that option, and then also as well, like I love what Jeff was saying about you know focusing on pleasuring her and letting her build up so that she's ready to come when you're ready to come, like no matter how quick or fast it is. Um, And I think that's fantastic. So we're going to take a quick break. And then I actually want to talk to Jeff about something other than uh, (laughs) PE, because I think we didn't prep him for this, but I think he's naturally going to be very good at giving advice on this. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Summer is not a time to spend money on bills. Summer is a time to spend money on fun vacations. So you guys should refinance with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream so you have some extra cash in your pockets or your bathing suit, if that's where you keep money. Lightstream is awesome because there are absolutely no fees and you can even get your money as soon as the day that you apply. That's pretty unheard of. Lightstream believes that people with good credit scores deserve a better loan experience and that's exactly what they deliver. So if you wanna take that money you're not spending on interest and spend it on some dates this summer, I highly recommend it. Why pay more on a credit card than you have to? I mean, it makes no sense at all. 
So just for our listeners, apply right now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash askwomen. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash askwomen, lightstream.com slash askwomen. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash askwomen for more information. All right, we are back. So Jeff, I wanted to talk to you about storytelling and talking to others in a passionate way. And I this is something that you naturally do and you just have people engage. Like I think I said five words the whole first half um of of the episode. So I wanted to talk to you about like how how you learned how to talk this way so that you're engaging, charming, and people want to listen to you. You know, I think part of it is natural, but I think part of it is when you get involved with something like this, it becomes highly personal. You don't become CEO of a pharmaceutical company because you're, you know, goodwill or you work for the Red Cross and you go, you realize you have shareholders and you have to have a return on your investment. That's all well and good. But I'll be honest with you, when you start reading some of the email, and you know, I'm very hands-on. We have this interactive chat feature. So I literally go on there two hours a week. It's me. And people go, uh, and I'll say, well, we can do this. We can do that. They go, are you sure you don't have to check? I go, I'm the CEO of the company. They go, you're the guy working the chat thing? I go, yeah, two hours a week. I need to understand who's buying our product, how you find it, what your experience is like. And they're freaked out. But when you do what I do and you talk to people that use the product, you talk to urologists. But I'm guessing you're like this in all areas of your conversation. It's not just about this one topic, correct? Right. It is. I I love people. I find people interesting and I love finding out about different experiences. And I love the life experiences I've had. I was a big brother for seven years before my son was born. I like being a mentor. I like taking the challenges that I faced in my life and help relate to other people, you know, because I was born really poor. I have a wonderful family and a very loving family. And I kind of worked really hard and rose above that and put myself in a good situation. I just find it interesting to understand other people's struggles and to let them know what I've gone through. Because sometimes when you achieve a certain amount of success, people think you're born into it. And they think that, oh, you come from a family of, you know, like, you know, successful people. And I started laughing because sometimes people say to me, oh, what businesses were your parents? And I go, groceries and steel. Oh, your parents had, you know, grocery stores or a steel mill? I go, damn, my dad was a steel worker. My mom worked in a grocery store. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> and I go, yeah, because, you know, we live in a, in a great country where you can be born poor, but you don't have to die poor. There's still countries in the world to this day that if you're born poor, you die poor. You don't have the opportunity. Right, you don't move up or down. This is not one of them. And I generally find people interesting. And I was born in a little coal mining town in Western Pennsylvania. One of the reasons I migrated and spent 30 years in California and I'm here now is I love the diversity. I love finding out different life stories. I love finding out different people's journeys and how they relate. And then I find out that I've had a very rich, interesting life and people are really fascinated by it. And the one thing I can tell you is I've never, I had a very successful company. I retired early at 53, nine years ago. But the levels of satisfaction out of doing semiconductor engineering doesn't even pale. It just pales in comparison to helping people regain intimacy in their lives, to having people have more self-confidence. We have emails where people go, I was literally asexual. I stopped having sex. I just, I didn't want the disappointment anymore. You know, my wife and I hadn't been intimate in two years or three years because of this 
you know, communication gap because she was disappointed. I was embarrassed. We didn't talk. I found this product. It changed my life. That's so empowering, you know? And the one thing I find is I've just always been very open and very comfortable. You know, I dealt with lupus at a young age and I have it under control now. I had uh-huh. diabetes at age. I have it under control. But to me, I was never embarrassed by that. I was like, that was something that, you know, You're I just, just an open to... person. So you you want to explain who you are and also motivate yes. other people when you're talking to them, saying like, I, this is what you can be. This is what you can do. But you're also curious about others, which I absolutely love. Um, yeah. This communication is the fundamental building block in any relationship. And you, the thirst for knowledge begins with communication. And if you don't address something, if you ignore it, especially if it's something negative, it does not only not go away, it gets worse oh, because yeah. you upon that. So I've always encouraged people, be open, you know, express your feelings. Someone can't know what you're thinking, express it. If it's positive, express it because they'll do more of it. If it's negative, express it, they'll do less of it. I totally agree. I want to answer some questions from our listeners. Kristen, are you ready? I am ready. All right. Kristen's like sleeping on the other end. No, I'm (laughs) I'm totally awake. I was actually doing push-ups while I was listening. Nice. Look at you. All right. (laughs) uh, Okay. So, hey, Marnie, Kristen, and guest. Uh, There was a girl in a park. She was totally interested in me, by the way. She looked at me. She blushed a bit and bit her lip. One day, I went up to her and started a conversation and completely messed it up by acting childish, really annoying and weird things. I then proceeded to hang around in her building with my friends and doing everything to talk to her again. But when Whenever I would go up to her, she would ignore me and walk away. And her father would give me the death stare. How can I get her back? This, this would really help all, all of your Why fans. was her dad there? Wait a I second. I know. Well, let's just hope that she's at least 18 or 19. It's in a building. So I'm sure like a younger girl who's still, she's not like a little child. It's bring your daughter to work day. I think that's where you right, found exactly. her. Exactly. So basically he's saying, if you mess up and you do annoying and weird things in your first conversation with a woman... Can you get that attraction back or how can you get that attraction back? So, uh, Jeff, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Have you ever had this experience where you kind of struck out and maybe embarrassed yourself and then got somebody's attention back? I can't think of a specific example, but I know <laughs> how to address it, you know, because I'm 62 now. I'm turning 62 this week or next week. Oh, happy birthday. So, yeah, thank you. So it's not one of those things where I go, gee, what, you know, but it to me, you only get one chance to make a first impression. But if you don't make a good first impression, that doesn't mean you can't repair it. And the problem is the person may be turning, it sounds to me like this person's very young, like in their late teens, maybe yeah. somewhere, you know, that kind of a thing. So he's obviously made a very negative first impression. It doesn't sound like she's very receptive to giving, to being open-minded to a second one. So if that was the case, you might try to be very direct and I mean, I know this sounds corny, but he might actually have to say, hey, listen, you know, I was super attracted to you, you know, and I did see you kind of responding and I was really nervous and awkward, but that's not who I am. Please give me another opportunity. You know, let's go out. Let's go have lunch. Let's go whatever. You might have to literally to open that door or reopen that door. You might have to be as direct as saying, I know I screwed that up. Please, you know, the reason you were initially attracted to me, give me an opportunity to let you see that person again. Because I was so excited, because I was so, you know, interested in you, I kind of acted a little goofy. That's not who I am. Because it sounds like she's not going to be receptive. You know, if he's just waiting for her to notice him again and bat her eyelashes. Yeah, if he's just lingering in her apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and he's loitering downstairs. No, yeah, no girls turn on by that. 
he may find himself getting arrested for stalking. You know? Exactly. So what do you have to lose by being direct? And she may be, well, wow, that's shocking because let me tell you something, a lot of young people don't know how to communicate. They're so used to texting and, you know what I mean, and emailing and tweeting that they don't know how to have a conversation. In that case, the best thing to do might be totally honest. Go, listen, I'm very attracted to you. I kind of felt you were to me, but I was, I was a little awkward. I'd really like an opportunity to have another, you know what I mean, chance. But yeah. if she's not going to be open, she's still not going to be open. You have nothing to lose. That may reopen a door that you can go into that and maybe really show her who you really are. So I don't see the downside to it. Yeah, I agree with you. Chris, and I'm guessing you're going to agree as well, because that was actually a really good answer. Well, I should be a pro at this because I feel like I can make very bad first impressions, but I (laughs) seem to win people over. And I think not that this would necessarily apply to him, but I think if they were in a situation where she would see him just being himself, not that, you know, she would be interested in in him at all, but he may, if he maintained who he was, was cool, calm, collected, and she started to see that he's actually not a weirdo, she might shift her thinking. And I know that's pretty subtle and not direct, but I think that's what I tend to do is if someone meets me and they don't necessarily think I'm funny or like me, I just continue being myself. And then they seem to come around and they're like, I thought you were a bitch the first time I met you, but you're actually really, really nice. And it's just because I just maintained who I actually was every other time they saw me. Yeah. You want, yeah. You want to be genuine. You want to be who you are. And I always stress that, but it sounded like from what he said that, you know, when I see her, she looks the other way. It doesn't give me the time right, of day. Right. I, if you have constant access, like maybe this is a work romance or it's somebody you're in the same health club, someone you see consistently, then you go, well, I'll just, I'll be who I am. And if that turns him around great but it sounds like from what he said that she's not even open to it you know what i mean she's yeah, like, like she's gonna be looking over at him so she wouldn't looking, see if he was acting normal exactly. i agree even if he himself that she literally looks the other direction so he might try that first but if she's obviously blocked him out then he might be a little more aggressive but i agree with you if you're in a situation where you have like constant access to the person just be yourself because you're eventually going to be yourself anyhow so don't ever be someone else to try to get someone's attention. Then go, hey, at what point do I got to go? Well, that wasn't really me. That was my ambassador. That's kind of fake me, you know? So I agree with you. Be yourself over a period of time. And if that doesn't win him back, it wouldn't work out anyhow. Right, exactly. All right, next question. Hi, Marnie, Kristen, and guests. Love the show so much. I listen to every episode and always look forward to the next one. You guys are a wealth of knowledge and hilarious. The latest episode with Trip had me thinking, this is a little bit old, uh, a lot about what I want in a woman. And the two of you mixed together in one would be about <laughs> 70% ideal, uh, my ideal partner. Keep just being me, awesome. Just give me Marnie's boobs and I'm the perfect woman. Uh, you don't I have no Marnie boobs anymore. It's horrible. It's really, really depressing, actually. Um, do you have a medication for that? I would like to have it. A little <laughs> no, bit. We, what? That might be the only market to be bigger than the one we're currently yeah. serving. Right. <laughs> just like a spray that made your boobs pop up? That would be amazing. Plastic surgery. Yeah. Oh my God, please get to the drawing board. Uh, a little background on me. I'm a 26-year-old white male from Atlanta, Georgia. Before the Southern stereotype start, I'm very much not what you're thinking. I'm into weightlifting and running, reading, comedy, intramural sports, dancing, all things personal development. I just started my own business as a real estate investor. I also work a full-time job as an insurance underwriter. I'm experienced with women, but I consider myself to be intermediate at best in seduction. Meeting women isn't necessarily a problem for me, but getting them to to feel a desire for me is. I can't get them to chase me. 
Before I sent this email, I was reading The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene and one line stuck out to me. In seduction, there is often a dilemma. To seduce, you need planning and calculation. But if your victim suspects that you have ulterior motive, she will grow defensive. Furthermore, if you seem to be in control, you will inspire fear instead of desire. This makes a lot of sense to me and makes me wonder, am I too safe? Am I not risky enough to create desire? I've always been told and feel sometimes that I'm dad-like in a way that is not in looks or in jokes, but my goals and perspective. I'm very forward-looking, plan for the future, and tend to shy away from short-term pleasures for long-term results. This makes me not necessarily stingy, but my frame exudes this, and I think it's boring women around me. That's exactly what I keep thinking when I hear this. It's just boring. Um, for example, I'm extremely good at being the center of attention and can easily get large groups of people to laugh and have a good time with me. But every time a one-on-one happens with a girl, I'm too safe. I don't mean that I'm coming off as a caregiver, but I feel like, but I feel I don't give off enough of a risky, sexy vibe. How can I be perceived as less in control or more risky? Is it spontaneity? Is it punching the baddest motherfucker next to me? Is it physical escalation? How can I move away from being funny to being the guy she wants pushing her face into the pillow? Please help, Mitch. Hmm. Well, this is kind of uh, relevant. I just, I've been, I've been seeing this guy who's really dry and kind of boring. And I, in a way, felt bad for him because I could feel that he wanted to bring out more of his personality, but he didn't really know how. And so he had to introduce me to someone through email. And that person he introduced me to, he's really close with, really good friends with. They've known each other since childhood. Yeah. And the way he wrote in that email was completely different than the way he's texted me and talked to me. And so I saw this other side of him. And so maybe if he can bring her into like a part of his life that he's really like sexy in or comfortable in where he's not doing it for the first time alone in front of her. You know, it's more of his environment. I don't know if that would be helpful at all, but that was really interesting to see the change in his email, the way he spoke. And then did that make him seem like he had this edge? Because I I think for you- Definitely. I mean, you know, I still know the other side where I kind of see him being uptight, but I was like, oh, this is the guy he really is. This is his comfortable self. He's just in dating mode right now and he's uncomfortable. So I could see where he could get to the point of being the more cool, chill, edgy kind of guy. And did you continue dating him? Yes, actually. Okay. And then did you see that side come out? Um, well, we will see. It's in Oh, progress. okay. So this is the beginning stages. All mm-hmm. right. Well, Jeff, what do, you, what do you think? I think that his little diatribe there that you read, that little couple paragraphs, is really the heart of the problem because think about how in control he was, even in what he wrote. Yeah. He took I was great, thinking that too. Tell you what a great guy he was. He was taking such great pains to tell you, I can be the life of the party. I can be the funniest guy. The guy sounds like he needs to loosen up. I mean, because even in telling you the issue he has, it was really the issue rearing its exact head by being controlling and being, you know, unable to loosen up and being, you know, there wasn't any humor in there. It was like, I agree. let me tell you issue, but let me first convince you that I'm the most dynamic, successful, funny guy in the world before I tell you that I can't loosen up. You know, it was like, it was like he was playing right into what he's trying, which I guess that happens if you have an issue and you're unaware of it. I guess you're not really aware that you're doing it. Right. But it was like, it almost seemed like he was trying too hard, even in the email to convince you what a great guy and what a good potential partner he was or a good potential mate he was. 
I, I completely agree with you. But and then I but there's sometimes people write in, they're like, I don't get what's going on. I'm this, 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 and this, but I still can't seem to strike up the conversation. But I read it the same way. That's why I sort of interjected at one point when he stated boring because all I kept the thinking email the entire boring. time. Yeah, his email was boring. I'm like, you sound boring, boring to me. I was like, oh my and then it just it felt like he was trying to control the dialogue. You know what I mean? Like instead of asking for help, he was literally trying to say you know, well, I can't understand this, but it doesn't make sense because I'm great and I'm, No, you know, no, he was stating that there is an issue. He's like, I just can't seem to give, the, spark that edge and have girls chase me and be that guy when it's just one-on-one. Well, I think so it, how I think it comes down to the whole thing of show, don't tell. That's exactly yeah. what I was just going to say. Yeah. Don't tell someone how great you are. Let them find out for themselves, you know? Well, you know, the, that, the phrase under promise and over deliver is the most important thing in the world. Set the expectations low and exceed the bar by a thousand percent. Yeah, I think that's where he's having difficulty, right? Because no matter, so when you, even what we were talking about in the beginning half of the show with PE, right? Um, I know that you said a lot of it isn't mental and there's a, a whole bunch of other things going on there, but at some point it gets into your head, right? There's, and there are some that it's totally mental. I'm just saying not everybody, right. but you're right. But so for this guy as well, this is in his head. He's been told a million times, um, you're, you're dad-like, you're a little bit stiff. He, and he, the more that you think about this, you're like, don't be like this, don't be like this, the more you're going to be like this. So how, how does this guy, Mitch, how, how, like what are the first steps for him to just loosen up a little bit? And like, once you loosen up, then you can start, to be a little bit more edgy. So how does he start to show this real self of his? Like, what are some things that he could do to just figure out how to get rid of this stiffness? The first thing that I would do if I was him in doing self-reflection at this point would be not to worry about how someone viewed, to literally go, just be natural, just do what it is that makes you happy, what makes you comfortable, and be genuine and not, he seems to me hyper aware of, well, if this is portrayed, then they'll view me as this. If this is portrayed, don't worry about how people view you. Be yourself and let them view you for exactly who you are, because that way, if something develops, it's genuine, you know, it's real. And, you know, unpredictability is something that I find very attractive, not to the point where you go, oh my God, I don't know if this person is going to be in jail the next time they call me, but unpredictability in terms of what you like, what you eat, what you like sexually is really enticing to me. You know what I mean? I hate routine. My routine is my job. I have to run a company. I have to do this. When I'm out of my job mode, I love someone who's eclectic. You know what I mean? Wow, I didn't know they were into that. Well, that's really weird because you, you tend to put people in a group because they do this, they like this. Don't be aware of how everything is being viewed. Just be genuine. Go with the moment. Go with the flow. And I think that allows people to see the real you and allows you to be much more comfortable and a lot less uptight. Well, I think that that is excellent advice. For some people, it's difficult to to just go, okay, just be me because they don't know who me is or they don't know who how to get to the me that they see in their head. So I'll say that I, I am one of those people uh, who was completely clueless when hearing the express, expression, just be yourself, because I was like, I know who I am when I'm in front of people. I know who I am when I dream about myself and pick envision myself doing things, but these two people are not lining up. So um, I, I'll tell Mitch a few of the exercises that I did uh, when I was trying to break out of my shell so that I could have, you know, the person I was picturing myself being be much more of the reality of who I was representing. 
when I was in real life with other individuals. Um, and, it, and it all starts with just doing little things that make you uncomfortable that you typically wouldn't do. So when I was younger, I would make these scavenger hunt lists for myself. I wouldn't do this with anybody else. 10 things and I would have to go out somewhere and do them. And they would just be like slightly risky, slightly embarrassing, slightly goofy, but just things like go up to a person, curtsy, and then walk away and say, thank you, have a nice day. Just something that got my heart rate going up a little bit that made me feel uncomfortable, but that had me smile afterwards because I did it. And it wasn't about me engaging them. And it also them had you admitted to a mental hospital. Right, exactly. Uh, but no, but they, it really helped. And it didn't help like just doing it once. I consistently did it. And then once you start doing these little risky things, then you start taking risks in other areas. So the things that I was saying to people, like my conversation was so controlled that anytime I was in a conversation, half of the things that I was saying weren't even part of the conversation because I would overthink it. And then when I would spit it out of my mouth, it was like, 10 sentences passed when that sentence would have made sense. So it, and it was never delivered properly. And it was like always so stiff and horrible. I'm not saying that Mitch is in the same position. Um, but, but things that, that I would do, which would take, be taking small risks, uh, I would start to do that with my conversation as well, where I just like, and this, don't be insulted if anybody has this, but I, I, I say like, talk like you have Tourette's and just spit things out of your mouth when you think them. If, if you think something sexual, say it in some sort of joking way. If you think something maybe kind of insulting, like you might say it, but have a little flip to it so it's not so insulting. Just like put some things out there and just see how people respond when you're actually really loose and not trying to control everything. And a couple more exercises that, I have done, which are all part of my program, Get Inside Her. They're called Get Off Your Butt Exercises. Um, but the section that's about you know being comfortable in your body is about just dancing at home and not dancing like, you know, you're just moving a little bit and shaking. Dancing like 10 people are watching and you don't give a shit and you just push past that awkward feeling of, oh, somebody's is watching me doing doing this right now and it's really embarrassing. Just pushing past it and be being completely free and open and doing that for like half an hour every night for one week completely changes how you carry yourself and then how how you act in front of other people. It's just all about getting really comfortable with that uncomfortable feeling and pushing to the next level. And I think that doing those exercises and then, you know, incorporating some flirting lines to say that are a little bit edgy when you're talking to women. So you're not always playing it safe in your conversation. All of those things combined can definitely give you that edge and have women chase you. If you have all these things going on for yourself, you've already got like the good on paper down. It's just about now being good in person. So I think that those things will all be very helpful for Mitch. Or just eat some mushrooms. Right. Right. Exactly. Or just start doing drugs. and You know, playing it safe to me absolutely guarantees a less than satisfactory result. I oh always God, yeah. don't ever play it safe, whether it's just like you said, dancing. Oh, people are watching me. What if they think I'm uncoordinated? Then who cares? I always challenge myself, even verbally, if I'm in a conversation and somebody says something, and I, I learned this in my mid-20s and I've carried it through and I've made it an art form now. That if someone asks me a question, I truly believe they're asking me a question because they want my honest opinion. I don't first go, gee, how are they going to take this? What will they think of this? Is this okay to say? I'm assuming they're asking me a question because they want me to answer it honestly, and I do. And just like you said, sometimes I'll, you know, because I'm in the business of sex, and it'll be a question about, and I answer it honestly, 
And, you know, when you say push boundaries and take risk and go to the level that's uncomfortable, you think that something's uncomfortable until you do it two or three times and all of a sudden it goes from being being totally comfortable. Yeah. And it's crazy because I've had people say to me, you know, from hanging around you, I got so much more comfortable talking about stuff like this because I looked at you and it didn't affect you. I go, well, I'm just like you. It affected me until I go, wait a second, I want to test that boundary. And when I tested it, I went, you know, I'm so glad I broke through that boundary and went to the boundary after that, the boundary after that. And it just allows you a certain sense of freedom and you gain much more confidence that you can go, I can be me without fear of retribution or without fear of being judged. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it, it's it's liberating and it feels it's more fun. It really is more fun. And when I think and the about, truth is, is that if you piss some people off, oh sorry, right, when I think about people that I like, they're always the people that are the most honest. If I can, yeah. you know, give a profile of every single person that I admire or that I'm friends with or that I want to hang around, it's always the number one thing that threads through everybody is they're honest. And I think that makes you yeah. much less dad like or whatever. It can take you out of all of these little holes that you've kind of pigeoned hold yourself into by just being honest. I agree with you. And then if the honesty is, oh my God, I think you're super sexy, then that's the honesty that you put out. Or, oh, like you're flirting with me. That's the honesty. Put that out. Or I'm flirting with you. Can't you tell? That's the honesty. Put it out there. Then you can say things like that and own it because you're, you've worked your way up to that comfort level to just spit out honesty. So that when something of sexual nature comes into your head when you're having a conversation, you're not trying to hold it back the entire time. You actually put it out there. You put it out there with your words or you put it out there with your body language or your voice or your eye contact, whatever it is. So you can actually express the honesty, which is a great place for us to end this show because I think it was a wonderful, wonderful show. Jeff, thank you so much for coming onto our show uh, and giving us the ins and outs, <laughs> no pun intended, of uh, PE. Um, but why don't you tell people again what your what your product is called and how people can get access to it? It's called Promescent, P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T. And you can find it at promescent.com or if you can't remember it later on, you're driving home and you go, well, what was the name? What was the name? You can go to delayspray.com and it literally takes you right to our Wonderful. site. And then Kristen. I can't oh. tell you I enjoyed this because I love this kind of dialogue. You guys are fun, but you also are informative and you take what you do seriously, but you also have a sense of humor. So you, you deliver it in a way that's really easy and fun to listen to. Oh, well, thank you. That was nice. This is how thank every you. guest should end our show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you are that very, you are welcome perfect. back. You are welcome back. Anytime. anytime. Even if people are like, stop talking about PE, move on. But I will bring Jeff on every single time. Um, new episodes of the Askman podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. We are also now on YouTube and they, I post those on Friday. Uh, go to youtube.com slash Marnie Kinris and you can watch slash listen to Ask Women podcast right on uh, your YouTube channel. Um, if you want to send in questions to for us to overanalyze and discuss to death, with Kristen, myself, and a guest of ours, then please send them into ask at askwomenpodcast.com. You guys are awesome. We will see you next week. 